jinkies. Oh, what's that gross book made out of skin? It's not a book. It's a tome made out of skin. Ew. What's it say? Behold the collected apocrypha of Stacy Ponder, the writer for Final Girl. And Anthony Hudson, the programmer for Queer Horror. And together they are... Oh my god! Don't read it out loud! Don't read it out loud! of Darkness! We're back after a little break. After a little break and a little uh, <laughs> tragedy. We did have tragedy. Technological tragedy. The world has a, uh, is challenging for some people right now. Um, our episode crashed. <laughs> it was bound to happen eventually because this is basically, we just record this. We have two tin cans connected by a string. Yeah, yeah, just behind the sand lot. <laughs> yeah, so it was bound to happen eventually. But we recorded, I don't know, like 45 minutes of the episode. Yeah. And then my computer exploded and it was all trashed. So now we have to, like, have a do-over. So we recorded stuff after that point where it exploded. But now we have to record all the pre-explosion stuff again. And it's just like... And it's such a shame because... I don't know. I mean, I know our show is just incredible every time, you know? Oh, such consistent um, content is the word I like to think of when I love when make content. it. Yeah, yeah we're content love. creators. I mean, what, what we talked about... Um, Huey Lewis. Huey Lewis, who is now your dream demon. Uh, we talked about Orphan. <laughs> Orphan First Kill. Can you, rem- can you remind me what happened with Orphan First Kill? Because I do feel that we are an unofficial Orphan fan cast. That's true. So it is important to still relay some of the information. Just that the word on the street is that it's coming out September 1st. But again, it has had passed. It's coming out on this date dates that have passed, uh, you know. So, you know, like a doomsday cult when it's like, you said the world was going to end on this date. And you're like, oh, I meant this date. Like, it could that could happen again. But right now they're saying September 1st. So Then you told me that there was a photo on the internet. Of, of Isabel Furman in full Esther garb. And I said, what? And then I Googled it. And then she is a full ass adult <laughs> in, <laughs> yep. in Esther drag. And I can't get over it. And they're using, like, they aren't even CGIing her. They're using Hobbit technology, which is just like, they're like, they're, they're whole, they're putting her closer to further away from the lens and like changing the light and the set angles mm-hmm. to try to make her look like a child. But there, the fact remains that her face is an adult. And then if you Google it, you can see Isabel Furman standing next to her stunt double, who is a real actual child. I mean, I'm not here. I'm not here to identify and say how anyone identifies, but looks like a child identifying person. And then. And then you see Isabel Furman next to her. She's six feet tall, dressed yeah. like Little Red Riding Hood. <laughs> and I'm just like, yeah. I, you're telling me I get, and yet still also an Estonian dwarf, Esther, and Julia Stiles in a prequel. We deserve it, right? Like, we deserve this. 
clearly this episode, as we're recording and when it comes out, et cetera, et cetera, it's July now. Pride, it is? Pride is over. No more Pride. <sighs> However, Pride is still kicking at Walgreens. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought you all should know that if you're like, fuck, I missed my window to get my Pride Minnie Mouse ears or whatever. No, Walgreens still has you covered. The shelf, the pride shelf, fully stocked still, which to some people might indicate that no one's bought anything. To me, it indicates they have to keep restocking because everything sells so quickly and Walgreens loves pride so much that they say, let's just keep it going. They're, because they're doing the important work as allies. They have to earn <laughs> right. that ally flag that they have in their yard. Thank you. That all the gay neighbors love. So there you go. If you still want that stuff, that's the place to go. It's, I mean, if you can get it, it's flying off the shelves. They're doing their best to keep it restocked. With the supply chain? You know, I never knew what a supply chain was. And then people just all, like, we all learned the word supply chain in the last year. <laughs> because everything costs $100,000 now. I feel like some of us knew. <laughs> Stacey, what's... <laughs> You know what? Yeah, look at me. I'm touting my facts. I'm Stacy. I've got facts. And I love that during, it took you a pandemic to learn what particulates and a supply chain <laughs> You know what? That speaks to the American education system. There's that also does. Anthony, I'm not sure. Now, I would like to tell you this now before the next pandemic slash apocalypse. There's also a food chain. Have you heard of the food chain? Wait, is that different than the pyramid? It's different than the pyramid. Michelle Obama's pyramid? Or no, she had a plate. (laughs) And it's different than the supply chain also. Whoa. Stacey, I'm not ready for all this information. (laughs) Right. I'm not ready for this. Man, this is so weird doing a do-over. You know what I mean? I mean, I think, Stacey, of all episodes to have crash on us, you know, thank God it wasn't the one where we were just doing one movie like we almost always do. This is true. Thank God it was instead the one where we're doing 20 fucking movies. Oh my gosh. We've done this before, similarly. Like, we've done the Hall- what, what's your Halloween party playlist. Mm-hmm. Um, just, you know, spooky, scary, Shocktober recommendations. This time we're just doing 10 recommendations each of horror movies that we like that we haven't really talked about on the show. Oh, and I know that I did tell people about a wonderful internet resource. It's called QAnon. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's for another episode. You're just kidding today. Today. <laughs> we'll get there in the next Real Housewives of Darkness. Not to spoil anything, but am I a Trumper now? I think I might be. <laughs> Uh, no, internet resource, justwatch.com, which, uh, is a streaming directory. You can type in an actor or a movie or whatever, and it tells you every place on the internet that it is streaming, it's available on a streaming subscription service or for digital rental or purchase. It does not feature YouTube, so you have to check YouTube on your own, but everything else. And I, they're not paying us for this, but we, I use it all the time. We use it all the time for this show. It's actually an incredible resource. So use it when you want to find something to watch. 
It's so great. It really is. It really truly you is. Told, you told me about it years ago, and it, it swiftly changed my life. However, I did not check any of these fucking movies on Just Watch. That is your job no. this week. No, but you, you did extra work because you watched all your movies that you're recommending for this. I rewatched all of them um, because some of them I hadn't seen in 10 years or something. And so I was like, what if it's, ch-? I've got, who knows how many, you know, you change. I mean, look at when this show started, I was a full progressive Democrat. i watch one episode of the real housewives of miami and i'm like maybe maga isn't such a bad thing (laughs) (laughs) have i ever seen covid in front of me i haven't maybe it doesn't exist Am I too hot in my mask? Yes. (laughs) Yes, maybe we shouldn't wear masks. (laughs) Have you ever thought about it, Anthony? What are you afraid of? Have you really thought about it? Is there anything inherently wrong with wanting to make America great again? (laughs) No. (laughs) You heard it here first, folks. So, who knows, since the first time I saw these movies, would I feel the same way and want to recommend them? So, I watched them all again, and I am happy to say that they all remained on my list That's wonderful. I I did no such efforts or research or work, um, and uh, therefore, all of, my, all of my picks, it must be said, could be full turf. Right. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. They could say every word that everyone was saying 12 years ago that we no longer say. I fully apologize in advance have I led you astray. But I remember really loving these movies. Most of them I have seen recently, but um isn't it such a shock? Like like the the uh, a lot of vernacular has changed so much in a fairly short amount of time and it's so shocking. To go back and watch a movie or a show from 2005, and they just yes. say things. Yes. Yeah. And it's wild. It's crazy. Yeah. It's like, I mean, sometimes it's, sometimes it's like, oh, and the, oh, a simpler era. Oh, I long for this time when I watch something. Like, you know, you watch any, any um, 90s teen slasher. And like, or 2000, like 2000 era teen horror movie of any kind, really. And like, everyone goes to the prom and they're all like dancing to like fucking Slipknot or something. (laughs) Like, it's like the most aggro, like new industrial, new metal, like whatever. You know, you see Denise Richards like bopping to it. Um, You get that. Or then you just get them. You're like, they can't say that. What? They they just Or Kelly Rowland just called Freddie a faggot. (laughs) (laughs) They say these things so casually. And it's just, it's wild that we've now been conditioned to not say these things anymore. You know? It's really, actually, it's kind of anthropologically fascinating. I mean, I do think snowflakes are way too sensitive nowadays. (laughs) (laughs) Take the red hat off. Oh, sorry, sorry. Oh, is that a little tight there? Okay. My bad. Listen, I love her. And y'all have to watch Real Housewives of Miami is what I'm saying. Stacy got Peacock. Well. Now she loves Andy Cohen. Love Andy uh. Cohen. I think he does great things for women. <laughs> <laughs> K- 
Kathy Griffin really did go too far. You know, she shouldn't um, have said that. Like, I mean, it's one thing to <laughs> it's one thing to have an opinion. But she just went too far. I'm sorry. If this is your first episode and you I'm don't so know sorry, us. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Yes, I'm so sorry. I'm not a Republican. Yet. Not yet. Not until the election. You're going to see which way it's. I'll see how I feel that day. I'll see if season five has come out yet. <laughs> and how I feel. What's Miami doing? You have your, your, your MAGA divining rod. <laughs> Bravo. And it tells you how to vote. Yeah, you're like, Stacy. Like, we lost every right we had by one vote. <laughs> like, look, I can't help it. I had a crush on her. <laughs> what was I supposed to do? <laughs> anyway, my first movie is on Peacock. It's it's Home Alone 2 starring Donald Trump. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Oh, no. It is a, let's see. Ah, made for TV movie. 1984. Invitation to Hell. Oh. What I can say about this film, having not seen it, is that I already love this film because it got me another blog post on FinalGirl.rocks. Yeah, you know, I didn't realize, when I wrote that post, I didn't realize how long it had been. Like, that was my first post this year. I told you time has no meaning anymore, but this I didn't- This year? This no, fucking done... year, no. Wait, did you do the movie posters last? That was, like, last year. Shut up! Yeah. So, uh, that was a shock to the system, but I did do a final girl post about this movie. That's how much I loved it. Um, is that I had no intention of writing anything for final girl about it. I was like, I'm just going to watch this because it sounds amazing. Made for TV, 84. Hello. There's lasers in it. There's there's hell in it. I didn't know these things going in, but then they showed up and surprised me. And so I was like, I have to write about this and tell everybody that they have to watch invitation to hell. The cast is incredible from top to bottom. Susan Lucci. Oh. Joanna Cassidy. Patty McCormick of The Bad Seed. Uh, it's, you know, these people, this family moves to this cool town in Silicon Valley. And there's this exclusive country club. And, oh, you just have to join the country club. Because when you join the country club, you get all kinds of neat stuff, like a new car and a promotion and blah, blah, blah. Of course, it turns out that it's like a satanic thing. And the country club is in hell. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Yeah, which is redundant, I know. But like, uh, I don't know. It's just a fun, good time. And it's exactly what you want in a made for TV movie from 1984. Can you describe for the people? I have seen I have seen one scene from this movie and it's a scene Jason showed me years ago. And then you reposted it immediately when you started watching it on your Twitter, Instagram. And I have no idea how I have not seen this movie, especially after having seen this scene now several times, because it is incredible. Can you describe what happens for the peoples? 
Well, it's literally, and I mean that literally, the first minute of this movie is this chauffeur is driving this car, and like anyone, he gets distracted when two girls in bikinis walk by. Uh, and he turns into a Republican. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. He, like, runs over Susan Lucci, who is in a jumpsuit that makes her look like one of the things from Dr. Seuss Thing 1 and 2. It's, like, the same scheme. (laughs) It does. (laughs) Yeah. So he runs her over, and he's like, oh, fuck. And he looks out at his back windshield, and she, like, I don't even know how to describe it. She stands up, but, like, full plank body. Like Nosferatu style. Yes. She stands up and she shoots him with a finger gun, <laughs> which sets him on fire. And then she's like, yeah, and walks out of frame looking all fucking hot. And it's just like, okay, this is the greatest movie I've ever seen. And let me tell you, it was not at all downhill from there. It just kept going up and up and up. And it's still going up. It's oh, still wow. going up. Yeah, I loved it. I love Invitation to Hell. Please watch Invitation to Hell on Peacock and then watch Real Housewives of Miami. <laughs> and then we will all meet up at our next live show, which will also be a rally. Yeah. And we'll have a good time. <laughs> I didn't say what kind of rally. It just will be one. It will just be one. I can't wait. I can't wait for your rally, uh, your insurrection, your 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 screening of Invitation to Hell at the Capitol. I can't wait. I'm going to screen it on Nancy Pelosi's computer. <laughs> I mean, honestly, finally, something would be put to use in her office. It's true. Oh, um... Well, thank you for that. I need to see Invitation to Hell. I need to see it. Yeah. Uh, criminally overdue. I mean, for Lucci alone. Come exactly. on. Do it for the Looch. Do, do you think people, do you think she's ever requested to be called the Looch? She, she I think she demands it. <laughs> okay, my bad. You <laughs> should get in the car and she'll say, that's the Looch. Call me the Looch. Yeah. <laughs> First thing she says to a server at a, a restaurant. A server, a prospective beau. <laughs> Call me the Looch. That's the looch to you. And that's Lil Looch. (laughs) Is that her clone? Nope. (laughs) She's touching grapes. I love it. Um, Okay, my number one. Wait. That you it must be said. That's your number one. That's these my number. One. I, these are not in order, but except for that one, that's number one. That's your number one. Yeah. Mine. You know, I'll say this is my number one because even though I have no order, also because I just want people to see this movie. I love this movie. It's so weird to me. Uh, it. I think it. It somehow straddles the line of being simultaneously campy yet sincere. Not in like a fastbender kind of way, but in like a. Mm. A thoughtful, uh, yet grindhouse, yet trashy. This was a video nasty that I'm talking about. It wasn't banned. It was listed as a video nasty, though, in the UK. Uh, 1976, The Witch Who Came From the Sea. Mm. Uh, you know, the title is one thing. Great the po- title. 
Isn't the title so good? Oh, it's amazing. You think it's gonna be like a mermaid witch who like comes in each dude's hearts or something? Oh, that'd be cool, actually. But it's not that. It's not that. The poster lends itself to th- to think that it is that as well because it's a like a woman coming out of the sea. She's like a she's like got claw hands and she's reaching at you and it's very like Frazetta fantasy cool art. Um, the movie is not that at all. The movie is about this like troubled alcoholic woman who lives in Venice Beach. Um, it was actually written for her. Her husband wrote the movie and she was just really needing work. And so they kind of collaborated on making this script. Um, and a lot of it was drawn from her real life. And, uh, and I mean, there's talent behind this movie. She's a great actor. Um, Dean Cundy was actually the associate photographer on the film. Oh, I love that he just shows up in everything. Yeah, uh, he was the DP on Invitation to Hell. Yeah, right? So what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Um, and that was that was years after Witch Who Came From the Sea. And, and but, but the guy had already done Halloween? <laughs> like, yeah, what? What is his career? He's amazing. Um, but what is, what is The Witch Who Came From the Sea? So it's this woman. She's this troubled alcoholic. She lives with her sister. She's waiting for her life to happen. Things are sad. She takes care of her her nephews, um, and one day, one day, like, the movie opens with her taking them out to Venice Beach, and she looks over, and there's, like, kind of, like, the muscle beach section, and there's all these bodybuilders, and they're working out, and then she starts zeroing in and zoning out on all their muscles, and then she starts, like, the camera just starts zooming in on all their speedos, and then <laughs> you start hearing, like, wacky music, like, this wacky siren music, and then all of a sudden you start seeing it from her perspective as she's staring at their speedos, and it's like, speedo, 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 blood, 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 chopped up, they're chopped up, they're dead, they're hanging, they're dead. <laughs> <laughs> and so she's just this badass woman who's dealing with a whole lot of trauma, who... Starts dating an actor. He fucks over her entire life. Um, and then she just starts killing all these men. Something snaps one day. She, like, blacks out. She just kills men. And when she isn't killing men, she's, like, she's just, you know, dealing with being an alcoholic and dealing with trauma and trying to get through things. But she also just happens to kill men. Uh, the content warning that I'll give with this movie is there is a flashback to some childhood sexual trauma abuse. Um, which normally I don't recommend anything like that. This movie, once again, how it's shot, it's just weird. This, this, this movie shouldn't work because it is super grindhousey, and yet there is a sincerity that comes through that I really, I, I really appreciate. And I just think it's a beautiful, weird, thoughtful movie that is entirely encoded with the DNA of Valerie Solanas. <laughs> so, it's totally a good for her misandrist. Uh, even though it doesn't go the way we want things to go, it's a it's a good for her movie and a and a misinterest fantasy, I think. Wow, how did you see that movie the first time? Um, I rented it for Movie Madness. I see. It's it's it has a I want to say it's an Arrow release. Hmm. There's a beautiful Arrow Blu-ray out there that's it's gorgeously restored and uh, and I believe it's available streaming somewhere. I'll check justwatch.com. Check justwatch.com. I love it. I love it. All right. It's a weird, it's a vibe. It's a weird mood, but it's a vibe. Cool. I love a vibe. Me too. Hmm. Okay. Well, my second movie uh, is one that I watched on a lark. 
and immediately told you that you should watch it, and then you were like, "Fuck off," and never watched. <laughs> never watched. That's exactly it. what I said to you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and never watched it, but then you mentioned it, and so it put it in my brain again, and so I was like, "I'm gonna watch it again." Uh, this movie is Found Footage, 2021. <gasps> Horror in the High Desert. Oh, I need to see this. You super do. Um, it is very low budget. We, Anthony and I are both such found footage aficionados, um, that we will watch any found footage garbage. We're like, I mean, we're basically found footage cucks. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. We just yeah. take it. <laughs> like. Just fully take it, whatever. Uh, and this one is no exception. It's so low budget. The first three quarters of it are a total slog. Um, it's really amateur. The acting is varying degrees of terrible. You're um, selling me. <laughs> <laughs> it's really repetitive. Um, it's about a guy who, he has a YouTube channel and he's like a survivalist. Like he goes out on these long treks into the desert by himself with like no food and you know, this kind of thing. Um, and he has disappeared. And so, like all found footage movies, you know, there's supposed to be a mystery, and then eventually you see what happened to him. And that last quarter of this movie, where you find out what happens to him through his footage, is so fucking scary to me. Uh... The first time I watched it, I was, like, crying. I had my, I like, my squint method of watching things where I know I'm going to be scared. <laughs> <laughs> it's like how Catholics have rhythm. <laughs> you just have the squint. I use the squint method. Uh, no, I squint because then I figure when something scary happens, it'll take me less time to close my eyes than if, if they were fully open. <laughs> this is... <laughs> right? So... In, with Horror in the High Desert, the last 15 minutes, like, I find that the squint method is not enough to make me feel secure. And so I squint, and I'm crying, and I'm also watching through my fingers. Well, through between oh. my through between my fingers. Uh, and so that was the first time I watched it. And then the second time I watched it, it was the same result. Oh, wow. It was just as scary. This movie, I just think it is so scary at the end. Um, is it is it worse than the ending of like record? Well, I think record is about as good as it gets. But That's I would true. put it, I would put this up there, honestly. Atrocious. Yeah, I would absolutely Ugh. put it up with atrocious. It's a Ugh. it's got kind of a Lake Mungo ish vibe, like the one scene in Lake Mungo that y'all know what scene I'm talking about. No. Um, and it makes sitting through the slog so worth it. It's you know your typical like. It does a lot of things that found footage always does. Like, yeah, it's night vision. Like, part of, like, the setup is that he, on one of his treks, he said he found a small shack or, like, a lean-to, a cabin, whatever, and there was smoke coming out of the chimney, and there was a weird smell and weird noises. But his footage got lost or corrupted or something, and his viewers were like, we don't believe you go back and film it and so he does and he ends up out there at night in the mm -mm. desert which is pitch fucking black mm -mm. and so he's got his night vision 
But the one thing that this does differently than all the other found footage is that instead of him panicking and being all frenetic with the camera work and making you sick and screaming and yelling, he is silent. He keeps the camera perfectly still and there are long shots in the darkness with these fucking weird noises and you don't know what's going on. And there is one shot that is just fucking amazing. No. And it's so scary. It just, it absolutely checks off every item on my scary list. So that's why, like, when you watch it the second time, you're still, you're still doing the squint method and crying. Yeah, because even though I know eventually what will happen, it's excruciating. But, like, that's never happened in found footage. No. Like, because it's always run, 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 run. Yeah, after Blair Witch. It's always Blair Witch. Yeah, drag down the hallway, hit on the head. But if it's just a silent forcing you to linger through it. It's so scary. Your mileage may vary. Maybe people are like, I saw that and it was so stupid. Well, that's your business. But for me, I lost my mind. I think, I think, I think... I mean, you and I have different tastes on a lot of things, but I think we're pretty evenly matched with found footage. Yeah. Uh, we have the same rare bone disease that makes us <laughs> yeah. have to watch all of them and love them all for the most part, even if they're terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I think I'm going to probably have to wear my Lisa Renna diaper. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do it. It's definitely a turn off the lights, turn up the volume. No. Yeah. If you do that, it'll be crazy so that's why it's on my list of recommendations recommendations anthony are movies i think people should watch (laughs) (laughs) and that's one of them there you go it's so strange how she defines what she's talking about (laughs) as she talks about and she wears that red hat (laughs) <laughs> um, I can't okay once I'm adding this to the list <laughs> all of yours are I, I have to watch like this week they all sound so good um, my number two Stacy, is not one that you should ever add to a list even mm. though I think you you do own this movie no this is confirmed you do own this movie <laughs> uh, because Gaylords we're notorious for a sale happens we buy every movie and then proceed to never watch it ever <laughs> Um, I have so many classics on my shelves. It's so sad. It's like, oh, wow. Yeah, like movies, books. Uh-huh. Music I'm good about. Like, I listen to all the music I buy. But, like, any physical media, you get it on sale, and then by the time it arrives, you're like, you're either like, why the fuck did I order this? Like, what was I on? <laughs> Home Alone 2? <laughs> what? Uh... <laughs> Or you're just not in the mood for something when it yeah. arrives or, or you're whatever. And so then it goes on the shelf and then somebody comes over and they pull it off the shelf and they're like, oh, how's this? And you have to say to them, I don't know. I've never seen it, which it, is mortifying. It's mortifying. And they're like, oh, but there's 25 years of dust on it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they blow it off. <laughs> A big boulder comes down. <laughs> Swap it out. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. I mean, 
That's why, like, I mean, for me, like, I just purchase all these books and movies, you know, so the cuties will think I'm really world-wise and stuff. Oh. You know, because then babes come over, and then they're like, oh, you have... The art of the deal. Oh. The art of the deal. <laughs> your signed Whoa. copy of Home Alone 2. That's right. Yeah, and but then they say, "Well, how is it?" And then I have to, I, and then it's reveal. It's instantly revealed that I'm a charlatan. Yeah, or be what well, can you do? Lie? Can you be like, eh, "It's okay," and it's meanwhile it's like Jaws or something, you know? And then they, <laughs> you have to be like, "It was okay. It wasn't. I didn't really like." Uh, I know. saw that twist coming. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You have to make it up. Yeah. Uh, so this is one of those movies. Yeah, which, yeah. Which I, once again, this is a recommendation, which as Stacey has defined as movies we think people should watch. <laughs> I don't think you should watch this movie unless you want to fall into a mystery with me. A mystery that I love so much so that I purchased this movie. Much like Stacey. Uh, we rented it. Jason and I rented it when I, I first heard about it. And then I, for some reason, I just kept looking at it on the shelf at the video store. And I just kept thinking... She will be mine. Oh, yes. <laughs> and, and then I purchased it. Uh, this movie, it's a little, well, it's a little more recent. This is 1993. That's 30 years ago. It's not recent. And uh, <laughs> this is The Chill Factor. Terrible movie. Terrible movie. It is a slog. Nothing happens. It's about a bunch of skiers that get together. And there's like a brother and sister and then they're friends and they, they go off, they hit the slopes, and then it turns out there's like this, there's like a cabin they go to or something, and there's a Ouija board, and they do the Ouija board, because like they're kids, and they're like, ooh, Ouija board. Do the Ouija board, a Satan demon man comes, and he he's kind of like Anton LaVey, and then he's like, I think he kills them, or he possesses them. I don't know what happens, because I honestly like fell asleep and stopped paying attention <laughs> at this point. But... It's Nico Masterakis adjacent, I would say, in that it's very strange, doesn't make any sense, has a super weird threading of plot. But what I love about this movie, and what has got me coming back to it time and again, and what got me to purchase it, what got me to put it on this very list of recommendations, though I say you should not watch it, is that in the middle of the film, the skiers go to, like, the diner or something. The lodge diner. I don't know. They they go somewhere to purchase food and eat it. A mall food court. And they... As the all the friends are hanging out, the brother and the sister walk over to the, another part of the diner, and then they, like, start goosing each other? And then they're, like, flirting. And then they go back to the table and rejoin their friends, and everything's normal. And it's never addressed before or after or ever again. That That's we, weird. There is a sudden inclusion of an incest storyline between the main characters, the brother and sister, and it never comes back. That is so strange. And I love it. <laughs> so if you want to fall into the mystery, you know, I've always thought with movies like, oh, I always wanted to know what what Joel Grey says to Liza Minnelli right before she goes on stage in Cabaret. Like, you know, that kind of movie mysteries. Look at Suspiria! It's 30, you dedicated 30 days to the mysteries. Let's the unravel the mysteries, yeah. So maybe, Stacy, perhaps you'll watch this film, even though I said not to, and then in the future, maybe you'll do 31 days of The Chill Factor. Yeah, just that one scene. 
just to understand and unlock the inner workings of the random incest storyline that is never a, it, it capitalized on. Hmm. So that's my recommendation number two. Don't watch it. <laughs> Perfect. Wow. Well, my third movie is one that I recommend by the actual meaning of the word recommend, meaning I think everybody should see it. Oh, right. Uh, it is another one I watched on a lark one night when I said, I'm going to just, whatever, this sounds okay. And so I put it on and I really enjoyed it. This movie from 2018 called The Boat. <gasps> it sounds so scary. <laughs> a movie out of Malta, which I'd never seen a movie out of Malta before. Um, it is about, it's basically a one person, one location movie. Um, this fisherman goes out and he comes across an abandoned sailing, a sailboat, like a nice sailboat. He goes on board to check it out and he ends up locked in the head on this Mm. abandoned boat. But is it abandoned? Maybe, maybe not. Mm-mm. And it's really creepy and it's really compelling in that I wanted to know what was going to happen next. I wanted to know what was the deal with this boat. Was this guy going to get out of this situation? I really liked this little movie and I've never heard anybody mention it anywhere. And so I'm mentioning it now and I think people should watch it. Where is it? Where would you place it on like the stress level? I just I don't do well with like people stuck movies. Oh, well, it's a it's a people stuck movie. Oh god. He's not like fit like it's not like his arm is stuck between two rocks or whatever, you know. Yeah. Well, if it's James Franco chopping off parts of himself, then I'm fine with that. But like the descent, I guess you had a problem with the cave stuff. See, like I I while I know that the descent is super claustrophobic, I personally never feel panicky or claustrophobic. I've never felt that with that movie. I just don't have that reaction. With the descent? Yeah. Like, really? I I acknowledge that that's what happens, and I'm enjoying it, and I'm finding it compelling and all that, but I'm not like you, where you're like, I have to leave the theater, I'm losing my mind. It's because you're busy blowing kisses at Beth. Well, there is that. I hope she's a Democrat. <laughs> Do you? <laughs> Does, Does it matter? matter? She could be a Tory, Stacey. Yeah, Tory. I don't know the British. I know the British have like 10 of them, and I don't know. I'm like, which one's good, which one's bad? Just give They're me the, all fake. The clip notes. <laughs> None of it matters. <laughs> I can't, There was that new movie where the woman is in Vince. She goes from event to event to event. Have you seen the trailer? She's like huh? stuck in a, she's stuck in like a tube vent, and like a door opens, and you have to crawl through this before the flames shoot out, and then oh. you go in the next one. It's kind of like Cube. Event. I thought you meant like events, like parties. And I was like, yeah, not that one. <laughs> yeah, it's the wedding planner too, Cube. <laughs> well, I'd watch that. Oh, it would be great. <laughs> <laughs> but like people stuck, like like the one. There's one where someone's stuck in a coffin, and right. like even that yeah, scene yeah. in Kill Bill. Like I just can't do. Oh. I can't do people stuck. I freak, oh, well, I this... freak the fuck out. You probably freak the fuck out then because the head on a sailboat is very small. Oh, God. Is he in it the whole time? Don't tell me. Don't tell me. Yeah. You should just watch it. I'm going to watch it. You should. It's good. It's really good. It's a smart little indie movie. I can't wait. I can't wait. Um, My number three is a movie that I also think you should watch. You particularly, Stacey. 
uh, because this one has Stacy Jane Ponder's name written all over it, which ironically Ooh. has no Jane in it. But right. uh, it is written all over this movie. This movie is also from the same year as The Chill Factor, the acclaimed classic. This movie is also from 1993, uh, and it is Body Snatchers, The Invasion Continues. I just, how have we never crossed paths this movie and me? Like, are you active? You haven't purchased it? I haven't purchased it. It is not in my home. This is, I don't understand. Like, are you actively trying to stop yourself from enjoying life? Like, that like could what? That could self-sabotage. Be, yeah. Maybe self-sabotage. it's, it's like that. It, maybe I know that that's the Nirvana. Oh. And I say, have I earned it yet? You know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe that's it. I don't know. Maybe. What, yeah. what other, ex- there's no other explanation. Because this movie, not only, not only do you love Body Snatchers. Love a Body Snatcher. We love pod people around these parts, okay? Fuck yeah, we do. Like, are all the Body Snatchers movies perfect? Yes. I haven't mm. seen The Invasion, so I can't say, but it has Nicole Kidman, and it's written by Dave Kajanik, so I'm sure I like something about it. Uh, but I've, I, the first one, great. The second, the Donald Sutherland, Veronica Cartwright, Jeff Goldblum, perfect, right? Yeah. This movie is also kind of like how the second, the Donald Sutherland is also sort of a sequel to the first one. This one is also sort of a sequel to that, the third, the second one, the Sutherland one. Sorry, the Cartwright one. Uh, But this one is set in a little military town um, with all the little military families. Meg Tilly comes to town. She's got a giant perm. Meg Tilly, Stacy. I know. This is why. It's like, what is my problem? Do you know who stands up to the pod people and is the fucking badass teen who's like, I'm a badass teen in 1993 <laughs> standing up to Meg Tilly and the pod people? Christine Elise, Stacy. <sighs> Emily Valentine. Mm-hmm. Two of your roots. Two of my roots. Two of my absolute roots in a fucking Body Snatchers movie. And yet I don't own it. It's not in my house and it's never been in front of my eyeballs. I don't understand. Meg Tilly has some nude scenes in it. And there's an amazing credit on screen that it says, uh, body double by Jennifer in, in like cursive. <laughs> her body double is a mononym. And I'm curious if it was actually her actual sister, Jennifer Tilly. Mm. But... Uh, it's incredible. The movie is incredible. It's so fun. It's like, it's definitely like probably the lesser of the Body Snatchers movies, but it's my personal favorite because of the 90s factor. Because Meg Tilly and Christina Lee's, it has all the great pod people, the vines attaching and the seeping of the fluids and the, the cloning process. It has all of that. Um, and as a side note, it's directed by Abel Ferreira, which is fucking weird. <laughs> yeah, he's a weirdo. Like, that honestly wouldn't be a selling point for me. Um, I like some of his movies, but more often than not, I'm like, what is your deal? <laughs> yeah, same. Like, he's a competent, I think he's a competent filmmaker, and I think he's considered a good, you know, a good direct, people like him. People are drawn mm-hmm. to his work. Um, he just doesn't work for me usually, but in this movie... He he said Gabriel Anwar. He said Christina Lee. He said Ugh. Meg Tilly. He said Pod People, and I said yes, please. And I still am saying yes, please. It's a great movie. Everyone should watch it, especially you. I have to do it. I have to do it. What if you hate it? What if what if you're Not like Christina Lee and Meg Tilly, and you just don't? You're like I expected more, and then you just give up. Not possible because all I expect is to see them. 
So it's already it's already perfect. Plus, pod people, I am a sucker for a pod person. Uh, I would my, one of my life's aspirations is to be a pod person. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, everybody is so afraid of it in these movies. They're like, no, I have to find a way to stay awake because if I fall asleep, I'll turn into a pod person. And I'm like, I will. <laughs> Bye-bye! Are you kidding? You're a reverse Nancy. You take the sleeping pill. (laughs) Fuck yeah, I do. (laughs) Fuck yeah. Are you nuts? Good night. Goodbye. (laughs) I'm out. What do I care? Fine. Take over my life, pod person. Good luck. (laughs) Have fun with it. (laughs) Have fun. I'm out. I'm out. Bye bye. <laughs> Stacy's aspiration: lich, uh, swamp hag, um, the thing head, maga wife, yeah, <laughs> Grammy, Grammy, pod husk. Pod, yeah, honestly. <laughs> Have at it, pod person, I say. I welcome the pod. Well, before before you fully buy into the the multi-level marketing scheme of the pod people, you you really gotta see this movie. Alright. So do that first and then you can let go and let pod. I mean it'd be one thing if it was like, oh, the pod people they peel all your skin off and and all this but it's literally just like go to sleep like done i can do that that's fine that's actually that's very peaceful it's very peaceful and i just never wake up and then someone else is like oh i guess i gotta do gay lords today (laughs) (laughs) yeah i sign on and i'm like hi stacy and i should (laughs) (laughs) hello Pride at Walgreens. Like, <laughs> fine. Have fun. I'd be the, you know what? I'd be the one that the pod people would be like, mm, no thanks. <laughs> I'd be the last actual person. The pod people be like, this is where we tap out, actually. <laughs> You're a horror blogger. <laughs> <laughs> Knowing you and um, your curses that follow you, do you think the pods would fuck up your, your pod person and you would end up with a cubicle woman or like <laughs> a pod that isn't even you? <laughs> your name's misspelled. Yeah, my name would absolutely be misspelled. S-P-A-C-E-Y. It would be briefcase woman and listeners would be like, I knew it. I knew it the whole time. But I'd be asleep, so I guess it wouldn't matter to me. Exactly. You wouldn't know. I'd be in slumberland. So it'd be your final legacy, your final yeah. <laughs> It really wouldn't. You're absolutely right, though. It would have to be a big fuck up. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah. Oh, well. Well, I'm going to watch that movie. Yay. I'm gonna do it. I think Yay. maybe maybe a part of me since we started doing this show and you put it on my radar, 
maybe I've been waiting for us to do an episode, so maybe we should just decide to do an episode on it. I fully agree and okay. fully endorse this plan, 100%. Okay. My fourth movie is from 1982, and this is one I do recommend it, but should I? Should oh, is this I? your chill factor? It's a little bit of a chill factor. I don't think I'm as reluctant to tell people to watch it as you are with chill factor. Mm-hmm. But I also think I love this movie way more than it deserves. It's one of those. It's probably a lot more fun than the one I recommended. <laughs> it could be. Uh, 1982, a little monster-flavored slasher movie called Humongous. Oh. Uh, directed by Paul Lynch, who brought us Prom Night. Both of these movies from him, I think have interesting ideas that he's not able to completely capitalize on and make hmm. make super great. But I do really love this weird movie. Um, it does, I will also give a little warning that it does start with a sexual assault, mm-hmm. but um, it is for the most part of it. Some of it is a little sleazy because it's 1982, uh, but for the most part it is filmed from her perspective, which is oh. something you don't, see in a 1982 film um and people have commented on it and reviews of the time and everything thought that was really uncomfortable and it's like yeah maybe that was the point yeah um and so this is happening the prologue takes place in the 40s on this island where these rich people live and this woman is raped and her dogs come to her rescue and attack the rapist and she finishes him off with a rock And then we don't really know what happens. The island becomes known as Dog Island, where the creepy old woman lives with all of her dogs. And she only goes into town once a year or something to get supplies. And a boat full of awful teenagers ends up stranded on Dog Island and uh, turns into a slasher movie. But one of the things I really love about it is that it is as much about the teens solving the mystery of Dog Island as it is about the teens getting killed. Mm. So just give me some te- two, like two teenage girls in an empty house trying to figure out what's going on. And they find a photo album and look through the photo album or find a diary. Oh, and piece it I love that. I love that shit. And Humongous gives it to me. So... It's not great, but I love it anyway. I don't care. Humongous. Thank you. That's the, and it's a mutant man. It's like a mutant man, yeah. I, I only know the picture of the mutant man. Yeah, the mutant man <laughs> on the poster. The poster's real sleazy and is kind of more bonkers than the movie is, I think, ultimately. Um, but it's like a little dash of... The, there's, uh, it's Hell Knight kind of adjacent. Oh! Um, but it's... Uh, I guess there's a Blu-ray out, of, out there that might be out of print. I don't know. I've only seen really, really cruddy-looking copies of it where it's, like, too dark to see what's going on most of the time. Yeah. Um, but I don't care. I love it anyway. Well, I'm gonna check it out. So, find it. It's called Humongous. Like, how can you not love a movie called Humongous, you know? It's true. Honestly, you have me at, like, her dogs rescue her, and then she takes him out with a rock. <laughs> and I'm like, if there's a whole movie after that, that sounds great. Yeah. Oh, it's amazing. It's amazing. So. Uh, you know, I'm actually really excited to also follow your 80s movie with one of my 80s movie picks. Uh, This movie is coming to you from Mexico circa 1985. 
I, I had to include this on the list because I felt as though um, Jason would divorce me if I did not. Jason loves this movie. I actually think Jason got you to see this movie as well. Um, and the movie that I am recommending for my fourth pick, <laughs> because this recording has not been interrupted, is Cemetery of Terror. It's a, it's a good one. <laughs> I thought about clapping. I haven't seen it. No, I was freaking out. I thought out. you saw this. No, I was, free, was freaking out. I've seen Grave Robbers. Oh, Grave 1989. Robbers. When you said, and that's on my list, actually, now that you mention it. So when you said really? 1985, I was like, it's 89. It's clearly well, two different movies. Stacy, you need to also see Cemetery of Terror. Uh, you same need to... to also see Grave Robbers. I've seen Grave Robbers. It's great. Oh, Ladrones de no. Tumbas. Jason didn't tell you that he, he didn't update you that I did finally see it. It's great. Okay. Um. Yes. Wait. What's it called? <laughs> Ladrones de Tumbas. See, and I wish I could say that same thing for Cemetery of Terror, but I didn't do the research. Uh. Cemetery Terror, you have to see... Okay, so there was this director um, that made these movies, and he had a name. And he made Cemetery Terror, and he also made Grave Robbers. There's these Mexican uh, demon zombie slasher adjacent horror films. Super fun. Uh, Grave Robbers is great because... Well, it's great because it's great, but it also follows Cemetery of Terror. They aren't connected films, but it's like basically the same cast. Um, total exact same vibe. Super fun. Cemetery of Terror. It's 1985. There's, like, this, like, evil satanic serial killer. And he has, like, this Book of the Dead thing. And he's gonna do evil shit. And he dies. And then these two, like, there's these hot teenage boys. And they're like, we're gonna get our hot girlfriends. And we're gonna tell them that we're going to a concert. And so there's these, like, these awesome queens. They're so fucking cool. And they're they're just lit and legit. And they're like, yeah, our boyfriends are taking us to this concert. And they're so excited. And then the boyfriends take them to this, like, disgusting abandoned mansion. <laughs> and then they're like, hey, instead of the cool concert that we're going to, uh, that we told you we were taking to, how do you feel about, like, just stealing a corpse <laughs> and taking this, like, evil book of the dead from this mansion? And they do. They take the corpse, read the thing. Everything goes haywire. Evil serial killer comes back and is, like, trying to murder them. Evil serial killer resurrects the dead, and then you get zombies, too. Um, it's just such a good time. Such a good time. Like, you can vouch, having seen Grave Robbers, that it's just a blast. Grave Robbers, that's why Grave Robbers is on my list. So, I mean, I don't even need to talk about it, because it sounds like almost exactly the same movie. Honestly, like, I mean, we're talking the same cast, like, same vibes, like, essentially the same plot. Yeah, the the teens with the biggest quotation marks around the word teens. Yeah, because they're 38. Yeah, they're, like, <laughs> at least 38. Not they the youngest. Just, couples just go to a cemetery and break into the tomb of a satanic serial killer, and he ends up <laughs> resurrected, and he kills everybody, and he wants to <laughs> kill one of them to give birth to the Antichrist. Like, it's, it should be... Well, I would, maybe it would be a bad double feature, because they sound so similar. No, it's just, like, it's, like, double your pleasure, double your fun. It's... I, they're great. Both of them are great. Yeah. Well, I can vouch for the one I've seen. I need to see Cemetery of Terror then. I can't wait for you. The visuals also just stellar. Like the movie, Jason's done several paintings from the film and like it's it's just, it really lends itself to, it's 
like if this would be one that were we doing our Halloween list, like for your good Halloween vibes, or you want to mm. put together like a party move, like this would be a great one for that. Yeah. Honestly, both of them. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Wow. 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 Look at that. We had a twofer. A twofer. Interesting. I wondered if we'd ever have anything. Yeah. The same on our lists. And we both zeroed in on the same obscure Mexican horror film. That's weird. <laughs> How exciting. Wow. I guess I'll give you my number five. Oh, wink, wink. <laughs> That's what I call it. <laughs> what is it? <laughs> it's a mystery. <laughs> uh, this movie, I love this movie. I wonder if you've ever seen it, Anthony. Or oh? Yeah, I watched, like I said, I watched it again for this. Uh, Soul Survivor. Oh, no! 1983, not to be confused with Soul Survivors, the Eliza Dushku, 2001. This is Soul as in the only, S-O-L-E. Yeah, and it's, but is it connected to the Soul Survivor with Eliza Dushku? Because it's not like kind of a vague remake, but not. I don't know. I've never seen the Eliza Dushku one, so I don't know. Has anyone? But it's also kind of Final Destination, right? It is f- absolutely Final Destination meets It Follows meets Messiah of Evil. Oh, sign me up! It's really fucking cool. A woman is the sole survivor of a plane crash, but funny enough, you can't cheat death, and so she is haunted throughout the movie by. Um, death resurrects the recently dead around her and they kind of follow her or maybe they're like, you know, it follows or they're just standing there or whatever. And she's kind of haunted by the recently dead who are trying to kill her because, you know, you can't cheat death. And it's just it's kind of has a Messiah of Evil vibe full of really awesome characters that I love and that I know you're going to love and I, Jason is going to fall in love too. Like, just full of, like, there's the washed-up actress who's an alcoholic and a psychic and the, like, the horny teenage neighbor with her braces and her Camaro. You know what uh... I mean? Like, it's just really great characters, a really cool leading lady who's a TV news producer, or, like, a television producer, so she's almost an anchor woman in peril. Almost an anchor woman in peril. She's a producer in peril. Oh, um, and it's got a really cool vibe. It's from written and directed by Tom Eberhardt, who wrote and directed Night of the Comet. Also, yeah. Um, and I love Soul Survivor. Jason is also a big fan of this movie, and I have never. I don't know. My this is another one where I'm like, what? What the fuck is my excuse? I need to. See- yeah. I am overdue. It might be one that is not easy to find i don't know the first time i saw it it was on a somebody a friend ripped a copy of their uh, vhs or something for me and then i found it on blu-ray but it's like a mexican blu-ray or spanish blu-ray or something and so it's got the original english line like i don't care i don't you know doesn't matter but it's like it is foreign but it's a uh, for all blu-ray players but i don't know that it's ever had like a blu-ray release here or anything rude is the point so maybe that's why you haven't seen it i feel like i want to agree with you on that but i think it's just because i'm completely lazy because I, I think we might even have it oh well <laughs> it's i know it's definitely it's deaf with movie madness it's definitely accessible to us i just don't know i've never seen it i need to i will rem- this you have inspired me today oh my god 
I'm going to watch The Boat and Humongous and Soul Survivor. Yay! And Invitation and, to Hell. And Invitation to Hell and Horror Nights. <laughs> I'm going to yeah. watch all of the movies that you've recommended. Yay! They, I need to see them! That's why I'm recommending. That's why I love doing these episodes every once in a while. It's like, let's get people to watch these movies that we like. It's yeah. real fun. It's real fun. Uh, I am going to watch Soul Survivor, and then I am going to keep it in the 80s again uh, this is a movie that I actually feel I have talked about time and again on the show, so I apologize, and I have talked about it time and again with you, so I apologize. I recommended this movie in so many different places. Um, does it, does it deserve that much recommendation? I will say yes for its start. Uh, 1986, coming from none other than friend of the show, Nico Masterakis. Oh! <laughs> the Wind, starring Meg Foster. Yeah. This movie. Did you ever see it? Did you finally see no, it? No, it was another one I bought. A, like, listen, God people. Damn it. Yes, you buy things on sale <laughs> and then they sit on your shelf and that's the end of the story. Uh, the Wind, 1986. Meg Foster. This movie has everything. It's got wind, it's got Meg Foster. <laughs> what more could you want in a movie? It's very, um, Mamma Mia in that. It's set in, like, the beautiful Grecian islands. <laughs> no, I love Mamma Mia. Questionably so. It's set in the beautiful Grecian islands where Meg Foster takes a little vacation. She is a writer, and she writes thrillers. And so she's taking a little, a little trip to just uh, focus on her writing. And so she gets this empty hovel, and uh, she's, like, kind of alone on this island while, like, there's this crazy storm coming in. Turns out, in the middle of the night, this dude shows up, and he just starts killing people, and he is coming after her, and he's trying to get to her. So the whole movie is Meg Foster versus this dude. But Meg Foster, who we all know is a legendary perfect queen, spends the entire movie, like, talking to herself and figuring out what he's gonna do by using her powers of writing. <laughs> and so she'll be like... Well, if he goes in through that door, then he'll have to come up by, by the stairs. But if he comes up the stairs... Like, so she's always, like, one step ahead of him. And it's just so wicked cool because I don't know that Meg Foster really has any other starring vehicle besides the wind. Mm. She's always, like, you know, weird Xanax lady and they live. Or <laughs> dead crone, naked crone witch in Lords of Salem. Or, like... Yeah. She really gets to shine and really gets to to chew up a, a movie with the wind. Um, in classic, in classic movies from this era slash movies made by Nico Masterakis, I think this is his most competent film of what I've seen of his film. Of his very confused filmography, but like the last ten minutes, there is just a chase sequence that honestly doesn't need to be there. But besides yeah. that. I mean, if you love Meg Foster, you have to see The Wind. She is so good. It's so great. Hmm. I'll have to actually take it off the shelf. And <laughs> you put might it have in the to. Player. This you might have to touch movement. your movie. <laughs> yeah, might have to watch the movie I bought. Hmm. <laughs> oh, brother! Well, I'm doing something I rarely do. I'm recommending a movie from the '90s. Hot damn! The Tail End, 1999. I wonder if you've seen this. I guess you'll tell me. Uh, Colobus. Oh! Oh, yes! I have not seen it for a long time. I have been dying for a rewatch. I saw this because I 
I followed, back in the day, I followed this blog called Final Girl. Oh, wow. And you were talking about getting the VHS from Tori Spelling's Yard Sale. But now it's on Blu-ray. Yeah. So I watched it again on Blu-ray for this, and it's a cool little movie. It's, uh, like I said, 99. It really predicts the, the reality TV. Like, it is Big Brother before Big Brother. Mm. Um, a bunch of terrible characters that will grate on every nerve in your body. Uh, and <laughs> they, you know, audition for this thing and they get to a house and they're going to be filmed. Uh, there's cameras all over the house. But then they're locked inside and there's booby traps. Uh, and the film is really interesting in that it is super influenced by, like, Italian cinema clearly and like all the finest italian cinema there's a lot of gore uh and it doesn't really make any sense in the end and that's okay um yeah. it's got like the music is really great right down to the great value goblin that's going on in the especially in the <laughs> opening credits like it's clear that they love like argento films and all of this um and it comes there's another movie of this same kind of ilk called my little eye but this came before that people really like but this came before that like this is a really kind of a bit of a pioneer of a film and it's really kind of cuckoo crazy and it's a good time and it's uh interesting and everybody should watch Colobus. so few people know about this movie really there's so i feel like there's i don't know i just feel like there's i, I don't know i feel like if you know you know but i feel like there is not a much of a culture around this movie yeah it's i don't think it's ever like it's not listed in the like cult classics you have to see or whatever except for here at stately gaylord's manor yes because you know we have taste <laughs> we we do a taste uh yeah but i think if you like that kind of movie it, i mean like the, the 1999 fashions like the one girl is in the she has like the ringer tee of course. And the, like, jeans with the, you know, how they have that thing on the seam where it's, like, stars. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or whatever. And, like, like she looks like a member of fucking Republica or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> just that time. And it's just really cool to see, like, an indie movie, like, you know, try to do, try to do this Italian vibe. So. Yeah. Well, I think that's part of why there is a big culture, or a, a, the culture around this film that this film deserves. Yeah. Because it was indie and 99 and everything. If you weren't, if you didn't have 27 name brand actors on your ensemble poster and they're all teenagers in 1999, you know, nobody's going to see it. Yeah, I need to see it. I don't, I have not seen this movie for, I feel like at least 10 years and I really need to see it again. Yeah. Oh, where do I go next? Where do I go next? Uh, you know what? I'm going to go, I'm going to go following The Wind, which was another film that I've talked about on the show. Another one that I've mentioned several times on the show, but one that I have been longing to spend some more time with recently. And I should have rewatched it to make sure it is still good, but I didn't. Um, is I'm going to, I'm going to take us to the year the world almost ended. 2012. Mm. Excision. Mm. This, I can see that. Did you ever see it? No. no. Excision. It's the first movie by Richard Bates Jr. and he's he you know he he went on to make some weirdo movies. He's he's a strange um a strange duck of a filmmaker. And I don't know that I like his other work, but I love 
excision. And I'm really mystified by this movie because it feels so, so, so gay to me. It feels so gay. It's about this this teenage girl. She's super antisocial. Um, she's wicked cool. She has a little tiny little baby sister. Her mom is Tracy Lords. Tracy Lords, who honestly, I will go to my grave saying that Tracy Lords deserves an Oscar nomination for this film. I do truly think she is incredible in this movie and heart wrenching and powerful. Um, I love Tracy Lords. And uh, this teenage girl is obsessed with, like, surgery. She wants to be a surgeon. But then she starts, like, you know, essentially having all these disgusting dreams about cutting people open and chopping them apart and doing all this stuff. There's this huge, you know, her mom puts her into therapy with John Waters, who plays a priest. (laughs) Which is like, (laughs) how is this movie sincere when you star Tracy Lords and John Waters? But somehow it like it just is a really great portrait of just a weirdo teenage girl living a weirdo suburban life that she hates. Um, in that way, it's actually kind of similar to The Witch Who Came From the Sea, about just like trappings of femininity with the bonkersness of the world that you're stuck in and the structures that you're told you have to conform to. And, um, you know, it ends in massive tragedy and it's a good time. Uh, it's a camp. It's, it's one of those other movies that's just... Somehow there is a campy quality to it, and there is a sort of queer... There is definitely, I think, a queer aesthetic to it, a gay aesthetic, but it's still sincere and it still really works. It's what it's trying to do, and it's still disturbing. Um, so I love Excision. If, if for no other reason, watch it for Tracy Lords. Uh, yeah, Excision, 2012. I gotta see it. I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah. Okay, uh, this movie I think you have seen. I think you've seen it. I've seen it before. That's why I'm recommending it. That's helpful. That's how it works. Uh, 1982. A little movie. I wonder if I've recommended this before. It might be one of my past recommendations. I'm having hot flashes of, of recognition. The Slayer. The Slayer is so cool. God damn it. Um, really? I don't know if it actually had a direct influence on A Nightmare on Elm Street, but you watch it and you say, huh, it's a lot like A Nightmare on Elm Street, kinda. Mm-hmm. Um, a whole lot of kinda. whole lot of kindas. Um, it is a sort of a setup of a teen slasher, but it is not a teen slasher. I guess you could call it an adult slasher, but I don't mean that in a pornographic way. I just mean that they are adults. <laughs> you know there was an adult drive-in in my hometown when I was a child. An adult drive-in? Wait, yeah. wait, oh, what? The drive, like, the drive-in in my town got converted to a fucking porn drive-in. And that was the thing, is everybody what? through school was like, we're gonna go to the drive-in. I don't think anybody ever actually went to try to sneak into the, but can you believe that there was a porno drive-in where anyone could see? It, were people just straight up jacking it in their cars? I well, I did not go, Anthony. I was a child. 
but I would assume there was jacking off. But at least that's like super private versus being in a theater, I guess. A porno theater. I get well, and then it's not up to the workers to maintain the the sanitation. That's right. It's on. It's more on you. And how do you respect your car or not? And even if you're outside of your car, you're outside. So that's true. Yeah. Anyway, so there is an argument for this, <laughs> right? Yeah. So the point is, the Slayer is not pornographic. Oh, right. <laughs> it's it's just about adult characters, like two married couples. Who end up in your typical teen slasher scenario where they they go to this island for a retreat, a little vacation, and uh, our main character has been haunted by a man in her dreams her whole life. And she sees people get killed and maybe the monster is coming out of her dreams and killing people in real life. It's real moody. It's real spooky. Um, there's, it's, there are a lot of long sequences of, like, people just walking around looking for things, you know? <laughs> like, it's one, of those, <laughs> it's one of those kind of slasher movies. Um, but I'm super into it. It's such a cool concept. The monster reveal, when you finally see what's going on, is wicked awesome. Oh, yeah. There's some cool gore. Um, it's a neat little, I call it a, it's a gem. It's a little gem as far as I'm concerned. So. I fully, I, I 100% agree with you. Uh, The Slayer is one of those movies. I think it was The Slayer and The Legacy I saw like within the same week or something. Mm. And my, my brain expanded, like my heart, my brain my my full I, I became a self-actualized person watching those two <laughs> movies where i was like how have i never seen these wicked ass movies mm. slayer's so good it is and it's another one it was widely unavailable and the wonders of blu-ray people yeah i mean if you're thinking to yourself oh, i want to watch an 80s horror movie Right. There are some that are underseen, you know? Yeah, you gotta hit up these weirdos. Jason, Jason, Jason runs a video store. People always come into the video store and they say, I want a movie recommend. I want to watch an 80s movie. And then Jason will tell them, you know, Cemetery of Terror or The Slayer. And they're like, no, 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 I want Nightmare on Elm Street. Right. They always want the same thing. But I'm like, no, if you branch out to those weirdos, oh, such sights. Yeah. Yeah, especially when it's like like this or Soul Survivor, where it's like, wow, this did a concept before the movie that got famous for doing that concept did it. Yeah, you know, it's really neat to see. So. Hell yeah. Um, well, so okay, I'm gonna get real with my next one. Oh. And I'm gonna jump all the way into the future. Well, still the past, but 2018. Uh, this movie's been on my mind a lot recently because um, it's really good. Um. Uh, but I actually, I had a screen, I hosted a screening of the piano at the Hollywood theater up here. And as I was watching the piano, I couldn't stop thinking about this movie that it really reminded me of. That was also set in, you know, Tasmania, New Zealand, like kind of in that territory and dealt with, uh, similar ideas, but did so in such a different, more realistic, more upsetting, more, uh, less hopeful, but uh, just as cinematically gorgeous and important way. Um, this movie, 2018, The Nightingale. Yeah. Uh, you have not seen this. I have not seen it. I support that. Yeah, <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't know. Like, it's one of those movies I want to, 
because I'm I'm sure it's really great. She, I think she's an incredible director. Yes. Um, but I I don't know like when would that time come? Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, I mean, well, I was gonna say when the world's shit. You don't want to also watch this, but things are pretty good. So actually now could be the perfect time to watch The Nightingale. Um, This movie, so once again, I said earlier, you know, like when I was talking about The Witch Who Came From the Sea, that I typically, if I find out there's like rape scenes in movies or something, I typically don't seek them out. Uh, The Nightingale has multiple scenes. I feel, I feel like it's such a talking point around the movie that most of you, even if you haven't seen it, already know that about this movie. Yeah, that's why I haven't indulged. Exactly. When this movie came out and we saw it, um, Jason and I saw it in this little shitty theater, I proceeded to, like, I hadn't eaten enough or something, so I proceeded to die during the entire screening. So I was, like, physically ill as I was watching the movie. It was the 4D awful experience. But they, it opened with a, I have never seen a an actual, like, content warning attached to a film before. But they put one on it. Um, and then this, this person in the theater goes, oh, yeah, well, just another day living in the USA. Oh, my <laughs> God. And then the first thing, the first brutal thing happens in the movie, and this person screams and almost falls out of their chair. <laughs> um this movie is fucking brutal. That's not why I recommend it. I don't seek out brutality. Um, but it is brutal in such a thoughtful, smart, well-made way. Because it's made by Jennifer Kent. She mm-hmm. made The Babadook. Um, I love The Babadook, but I feel like people just talk up The Babadook and they don't really know the full extent of what she can do as a filmmaker. Mm-hmm. Unless you've seen The Nightingale. Uh, it's a revenge movie. Uh, it's this woman that is newly settling in Tasmania with her her family. The soldiers show up, brutally murder her entire family. She gets attacked, assaulted. Um, and then she decides that she is going to track down the, the soldier in the unit that did this. And she spends the entire movie hunting them down um, through the through the bush. She hires an indigenous guide from, from Tasmania and um, they actually form a really incredible relationship. And what I love about this movie is this movie is so clued into indigenous issues and the idea of sovereignty and the idea of why it matters, um, why it matters that these cultures and people survive. Uh, it, 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 while you have this character who's a white woman, like you see how much people can be dehumanized by white men and by colonialism whether you're a white woman or an indigenous man. Um, so any, like while there are instances of sexual assault in this movie, they're all filmed from her perspective. Uh, you are with her the entire time. And what's really stunning to me about this movie, which I know will be a problem for other people, but what I think is really thematically rich about it is that sexual assault becomes a metaphor for colonization in this film, which I think is a really, really incredible and important way to talk about it both of those things um and on a side note jennifer kent's a fucking boss and she also was able to capture um well capture isn't the right word but like she really did the work in reaching out with the indigenous people that she worked with and the tribes that she worked with in this film and uh so like actually this film is one of the only documents recording this language that has never been heard anywhere and never preserved anywhere else um 
So it's just awesome. It's so rough. It's so brutal. The acting is stunning. The filmmaking is stunning. It is a it is a brilliant, beautiful, sad, heart wrenching movie that is. I mean, you have to be ready for it, but, um, but I th- I think while it's not like you might not experience the catharsis we typically seek. I think it is a rewarding film and that it is so powerful and so smart. Mm. Uh, so yeah. And I fully understand anybody that doesn't watch it, but yeah. if you do, it's, I'm, if you do watch it, I'd love to talk about it. I think it's a great movie. I, I just can't wait to see what more Jennifer Kent does. I know. She's so good. Yeah, she is. I people, like you said, people talk about the Babadook without referencing her really. Yeah. You know, it's like we, it's like, okay, yeah, Hereditary came out and it's like, Ari Aster, wow, Ari Aster, Ari Aster. The yeah. Witch came out and it's like, wow, Robert Eggers, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, but then we have <laughs> the Babadook and it's like, the Babadook, he's gay, you know. He's gay on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's like the filmmaker behind it, same thing we were talking about with his house. It's like the filmmakers behind yes. them. Are, it's like these movies appeared out of nowhere, you know. Yeah. Oh, just completely of themselves. Isn't that interesting that we Ooh, we don't weird. we don't do that with the cute, possibly gay white boys, right? <laughs> the auteurs, but we do that with oh, the films made by the the women and the black people. Um, and yes, yeah, yeah. His house absolutely in line with those incredible films, The Nightingale and The Babadook. I mean, tell me those those movies are within three years of each other, <laughs> like. Please tell me anyone that has produced work up to that level <laughs> in that span of time that it, that you wouldn't call a master filmmaker. Uh, well, this is this next one is my most recent film, actually. And uh, when I put it down on my list, I thought, how come this movie didn't get talked about at all? And then I looked at the year it came out, and I was like, oh, that's why. 2020. Uh, mm. German film called sleep sleep oh you told me about this i think yeah i feel like it went completely under the radar or over the radar or whatever and just like got no buzz whatsoever um this really cool german film about a woman who is having dreams nightmares and everything and making images from her nightmares and then she finds this building that she has been dreaming about is a hotel and she comes across the hotel and she's like, Oh no, (laughs) what's going on? And so then she ends up in a psych ward. And so her daughter then decides she's going to figure out what's going on. What's wrong with her mother who is now like catatonic in a psych ward. Um, and she's going to go to this hotel and see what happened to her mother and et cetera, et cetera. And it's really cool. I don't want to give away like anything, but it goes in lots of places you will never expect it to go. It's very much, you know, I don't know, like in line with like Suspiria 2018 and like, oh. like that kind of, it's that kind of movie to me. And a lot of these movies from the last couple of years, for good reason, you know, went overlooked. Like Relic, I think, was another one that was really good. I loved Relic. Oh, my God. Devastating movie. Absolutely. That one got, like, no buzz. Um, Even, I think, St. Maud got some buzz, but not as much as I feel like it deserved. 
wasn't it wasn't long lasting and yeah and i mean and you said it also with his house it was the same thing with that um mm-hmm. yeah, yeah 2020 so movies that were made before the pandemic but ended up coming out at some point during the pandemic have kind of been neglected i feel and i think this is one of them and i think anthony i think you will really like it it's a really interesting movie and i want to give away absolutely nothing you don't are there ghosts are there demons is it all in her mind like who knows what's going on at this hotel it's super sinister uh beautiful film i highly 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 recommend it Sleep. Oh yeah, yeah. You, I mean, you said woman, you said German, you said Suspiria. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm, uh, those are all of my love languages. I mean, yeah, yeah. So definitely check it out. Definitely. That honestly, like, I, I had a, I had a deep within my mind place flashback to you talking about it or mentioning it somewhere, and then that's, I think, the only time I've ever had any awareness of it. I could not, for the life of you, tell tell you that this movie existed had you not said it just now. Yeah, I think I just posted, like, an Insta story, which is usually my MO, is like, I watched this, or I'm about to watch this. Those are, like, the only things I post on social media. What was the one, (laughs) I remember from that year, when you were buying all the, like, you were buying a lot of movies from, like, like, China... Oh, what, what was oh, the one with yeah. the, where the ghost throws away the tissue or the cursed, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the cursed, and then some poor I don't know if this person listened to the show or they just follow me on Instagram or whatever. They were like, "What is this movie? I have to see it." And I'm like, "I don't recommend it at all. I know how awesome that scene looked, but listen, this movie cost me like twenty five dollars. I had to import it from fucking Hong Kong. <laughs> like, I don't recommend this movie at all. Please don't do it." And they're like, "I have to see it. I'm doing it." <laughs> and then like three weeks later they sent me another message and they're like that was so bad <laughs> I, was like, I told you but the ghost throwing the g- away the trash the ghost throwing away the trash was just like what <laughs> that movie did have su- surprise lesbianism in it though so do I recommend it a ghost throws away garbage and they're surprised so, you know what the 11th movie on my list is clearly the cursed <laughs> sleep to my list um uh okay i was you know i was gonna do a very new movie from this year but i feel like Mm. like it just came out but i feel like everybody now i'm like going back and forth i'm like in my head because i realize i worry that i've talked about too many of these movies like the wind or excision and this is definitely one no i'm not gonna do the new movie i'm not gonna substitute the new movie because everyone has seen it and like either likes it or doesn't understand it or doesn't like it that's fine so I'm going to, so I'm talking around men, which I really liked. I'm going to say, okay, uh, uh, I'm just going to breathe. Yeah. I'm going to breathe. <laughs> I'm going to breathe and I'm going to throw out what is absolutely my second worst film recommendation on here after the chill factor. Uh, but this one is more recent. This is 2013. This is a movie that literally any time we're trying to think of what we're going to watch on Gaylords, I suggest this movie. Oh, no. <laughs> it's I, well, I was going to say Case 39, but this is Oh, shit! Why did I put Case 39 on here starring Renee Zellweger? <laughs> um, and, and, um, and Child from Silent Hill. Uh, okay. <laughs> It's not Case 39. Today's uh, 
seventh recommendation, eighth recommendation for me is Nurse 3D. Oh, right. <laughs> nurse 3D, which is also in some cultures known as simply Nurse. Uh, but this movie did get a 3D release. Um, it is absolutely a travesty. Is it a travesty? I don't know. I think it's fun. It doesn't make any sense. It's so stupid. It's... It, the reason for the season is Paz de la Huerta. Right. I love her. I feel questionable even recommending this movie because I only want Paz to be okay. That's. I think that's why I've put it off, honestly, is that I just, I don't know. If you, if you love a queen, then you love Paz de la Huerta. Yeah. And if you are a human being with a concern for queens, then you are very concerned for Paz de la Huerta. Right. Uh, I hope she is okay. I haven't, I, I, I haven't seen her social media in a long time, but it didn't seem like she was doing very well for a while. And I think, you know, I think she's another uh, all too familiar story of just a, a incredible woman goes to Hollywood and awful things happen to her. Um, but Nurse 3D is a terrible movie. However, Paz de la Huerta is so chronically watchable and makes... So, she her performance in this movie is an absolute question mark <laughs> of choices that you just can't help but fall in love with it. Um, she is a nurse who is also when she isn't a nurse, she is an avenger that kills men. <laughs> um, she seduces men and then kills them brutally. She's a serial killer, but then she meets um oh what's her is it Katrina Bowden from Thirty Rock and like. Tucker and Dale versus evil. She's the new nurse that comes to town and graduates from school. Her, her, you know, her graduation speech is given by, um, uh, Kathleen Turner who cashed in a paycheck for this or cashed in a check for this film. She goes to, to, to nurse in the same ward that's, that's, um, run by Niecy Nash. Uh, so there's a lot of lesbianism around this movie (laughs) and, uh, Paz falls obsessively like Catherine Trammell basic instincts in love with Katrina Bowden and like kind of it's like borderline single white female but not so it's like it's so weird because it's like she's a nurse she kills a lot of people she's an avenger that murders men she is also in love with and trapping and stalking this woman it's so weird (laughs) it doesn't make any sense it's violent as hell uh, it feels like a Paul Verhoeven movie, but if Paul Verhoeven had no talent, <laughs> like, if he, <laughs> if he wasn't also really smart when he made schlocky movies, yeah, this is just schlock. Um, but honestly, like, Paz, who spends most of the movie wearing no bottoms whatsoever, but will wear, like, a sweater <laughs> and no <laughs> other clothing, um... She just elevates this movie. She is so watchable. I love her. And and I want nothing but the best for her. So if you want to have a fun evening with friends, I would recommend pop in some White Claw. Do the claw. Oh, boy. And enjoy some Nurse 3D. Okay. Yeah. All right. Maybe we'll do an episode. I didn't know there was any lesbianism. You should always lead with that, Anthony. Oh, I don't, I, I honestly, I just assume that we're always talking about it. All the times you've mentioned this movie, you've never mentioned that angle. 
Yeah. Next, it'll be our next show. <laughs> <laughs> I want I I think I there's something tells me it could be an interesting double feature with Knock Knock. Um, ah. But I, whereas I feel like Knock Knock actually became an unofficially feminist film, <laughs> I don't know that the Nurse 3D does. Well, if you're saying that, then it really isn't. It's really not because I'll stretch anything. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. But Paz is so great. Yeah. Okay. Uh. Well, on my list, I said, you know what? I need some animals run amok. Oh. On my list. So what animals, run amok, would I recommend? I want to recommend Food of the Gods. But real animals get hurt in that one. Yeah. And so I say, well, on the one hand, you have Ida Lupino wrestling with a novelty oversized maggot. <laughs> you have Marjo fucking Gortner uh, doing these things. But, all, but then real animals get hurt. And so I'm just yeah. like, never... Besides my MAGA angel from Real Housewives of Miami, never have I felt so torn <laughs> between my love of something and my hesitancy over the same something. You know what I mean? I feel you. I was just trying to talk with Jason about whether or not I would show Alice, Sweet Alice for queer horror. Mm. Because I love the movie, but I, that scene with the kitten... Right. I'm like, I don't want to make my audience watch that, but I love the movie and I love that Alfred's old gay. Yeah. So I get you. Yeah. So anyway, the point of that is I did not recommend Food of the Gods. What did I recommend? I recommended a movie called Deadly Eyes. Oh. Which is a bit of a misnomer. No one's eyes are deadly in this movie. (laughs) Technically, it is the mouths that are deadly. Why is it called Deadly Mouths? Well, I guess that's not as catchy. But all I need to tell you about this movie to sell it completely to anybody is that some rats eat contaminated grain, and as you would expect, they get big. Uh, But what's the real selling point is that most of the rats, once they get big, are played by dachshunds in rat suits. Oh, my God. And so the rats will be chasing someone, and they are little dachshunds in rat suits waddling along as dachshunds do. Or in one scene, you can hear the dogs barking. (laughs) You mean the rats barking? I mean, the rats are barking, and you're like, that's weird. (laughs) Must be that contaminated grain. It's so cute. Yeah, so it's based on uh, a book written by James Herbert, the master of the rat novel. Rat fiction. (laughs) James Herbert, so you know it's good. My favorite shelf. Yeah. (laughs) So where's your rat fiction (laughs) section? It's just James Herbert books. Um, and so really that if you know him, if you know his work, that's all you need to know. It's dachshunds in rat suits. I'm Googling. They are so cute. Right? <laughs> they are so cute. So, and it's good. I, why, one thing I do love about Deadly Eyes is I will say Deadly Eyes does not fuck around. No one is safe from the deadly mouths <laughs> of the big rats. Okay. You could be a little baby. doesn't matter. You could be old. It doesn't matter. You could be infirm. Deadly Eyes does not give a fuck. You are 
and the meal ticket. So. They're going to get you. They're going to get you. And I love that. Because, you know, so many times you see a horror movie and you're like, well, this person's, you know, they're not going to get killed. No, no. These rats are deadly. (laughs) Deadly whole things. That's what it should be called. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. (laughs) I love animals run amok. I love it. I will say the computer age has really been a detriment to the genre. Yeah. Once sci-fi got their greasy mitts on a computer, you know, once once the sci-fi channel graduated from DeVry, then <laughs> <laughs> they were like, Crocopus versus Shark Anon or whatever. Like, <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, it was just, okay, computer versus computer. Like, the first yeah. time it was fun. After that, no. Like, I want actual things. Like, even something like Shark Attack 3 Megalodon, one of my favorite animal attack movies. At least that's, like, clip art. You know what I mean? It's, like, yeah. super, it's like superimposed Yeah, stuff. like Birdemic. Yes. Like, give me superimposed so that like, the giant shark comes up and swallows the whole Skidoo with the man on it, and it looks terrible. I don't care. Give you're me like, a dachshund in a rat suit. You're like Judith Butler. You need it. You need the language. You need it to demonstrate its failure. Thank you. Yes. Exactly. That's a good pull quote. Mm-hmm. This demonstrates its failure, <laughs> and therefore it is honest. It's yeah, truthful. Right. Yeah. Art. So give me a dachshund waddling in a rat suit. Now. <laughs> just so cute i can't get this image out of my head and i need to really see the movie to confirm um question for you Mm. have you seen uh day of the animal is that that, day of the animals yeah starring the georges and leslie nielsen how's that yeah well all i have to tell you about that is that leslie nielsen a bare-chested leslie nielsen wrestles with a big grizzly bear in a rainstorm so there you go and I have Linda Day George and Christopher George to yeah. spend Look, time. Wow. It's a William Girdler movie. Love William Girdler. Talk about a maestro whose life was tragically cut short in a helicopter accident when he was like 30, 31 mm. or something. But he gave the world Abby. He gave us the Manitou. He gave us Day of the Animals. Like, who knows what this man could have given the world. Wow. Yeah. Love Day of the Animals. Wow. I'm adding them both to my list. Okay, good. Uh, so I am, I, 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 my next film here on this list, um, was inspired by, actually my last two were inspired by recent first time watches that I had in theaters that I was just like, I just felt such kinship as I was awash with the projected images. I, I recently, uh, treated myself to going and seeing the, did I treat myself or did my friend buy my ticket? I think actually that's the truth. I didn't treat myself. I was treated too. Seeing um, a 4K restoration of a movie that was made on like SD video. Like, <laughs> so 4K really has no purpose in this in restoring this movie. But it was the first time I ever saw 2006's Inland Empire by David Lynch. Mm. And I have been in such a David Lynch vibe recently. Um and and that kind of corresponds with you know I, I I recently rewatched Mulholland Drive and just fell really hard for that movie again, um, and then and then you know the the 
the genre of books and the sort of just genre of film just what the vibe i'm into of like women in peril wandering through day-to-day life and just like grappling grappling with their experiences i'm realizing david lynch actually has been doing that for a while and does it pretty good and inland empire is absolutely that like this was coming off of me really falling hard for carnival of souls so then when i sat down and i watched inland empire man oh man i love laura dern with all my heart such a fan but then you give me laura dern in like a three-hour movie that makes no sense whatsoever and somehow i'm just compelled every second of the film (laughs) Uh, David Lynch has said, like, everyone, like, David Lynch was making up the script as he went. Laura Dern has said that she, I think she and Justin Thoreau have both said they have no idea what the movie's about, and they never knew what the movie was about. They just fully, somehow yet fully embody these roles and really act their hearts out in it. Um, and it's just about this woman who is an actor in Hollywood, and she gets cast in a new movie that was previously, um attempted to be filmed and then went unfinished and then was essentially cursed she gets cast in the remake of the film um that's now being remade as a film for the first time and then shit gets fucking weird i don't know how else to explain it shit gets fucking weird but we get laura dern we get grace zabriskie we get mary steenburgen who show who literally just walks into a scene in the middle of the movie and says like oh, I'm here to collect unpaid debts. And then she just stares at Laura Dern, and I'm like, I am compelled. (laughs) Um, Natasha Kinski shows up just to sit there at the end credits with Laura Herring from Mulholland Drive. It, while Nina Simone plays, I just love this movie. It's so bonkers. It, I don't know what is happening, but I just, I just want to be awash in it. I just did not want to emerge from this movie. I absolutely love it. And you know what? I don't need to know what it's about. I don't need to know. I'm I'm going to go on a tiny rant. I don't need to know what any David Lynch movie is about. I just want to experience them and just have feelings. And that's it. I don't need a, a, a decoder ring. I don't need if internet theories. I just want to, I think his movies are just about feeling the vibe and if that vibe responds to something within yourself, then it's a successful film. Mm-hmm. I think he's, like, one of the few filmmakers that that's true for. Yeah. And I think, like, I mean, it's fun to pick things apart as a mental exercise or whatever. Like, wow, what did you think of, you know? Like, it's fun to discuss these things, obviously. But it is not at all vital to enjoy his films. And don't fucking ask him about it, because he'll be like... No, I'm not going to tell you. I don't know what it's about. Leave me alone. Yeah. So, I mean, Persona is another one. Ingmar Bergman. Liv Ullman is like, I have no idea what that movie's about. I just made it. Oh, absolutely. You know? And so it's like, let's let's allow ourselves to have experiences, I guess. Yeah. I mean, that was um, I, when I had a screening of Certain Women earlier this year. That was something we talked about in the, in the, the talk back after the movie was like, you know, do we need to... Does it matter (laughs) what the movie's about? Isn't it just enough to just experience the sheer awe of watching this film and watching these performances? You know, that's all you need. Oh, I said certain women. I meant three women. Thank you very much. Certain women is pretty straightforward. Certain women does have a plot. And it also has Laura Dern. You're correct. Yeah. Love certain women. Love three women, obviously. Honestly, movies with women in the title. Right? 
barely, barely, uh, you barely go wrong. Yeah. Well, because I said grave robbers, I'm at the end of my list. Um, because, you know, we talked about it already. That's your end? Oh, that was your last one. So, I, but I'll asterisk something. Oh, please. This movie, this could be really hard to find. I don't think anybody's ever seen it. This movie called The Exorcist. <laughs> Listen. Okay. Have you guys heard of The Shining? You guys heard of The Shining? No. But the, <laughs> but the Exorcist, okay, I rewatched. Obviously, everybody's fucking seen The Exorcist, but I do have something to say about it. I think I know where you're going with this. You probably do. I'm real excited. Because Please. I posted about it on my social media. I rewatched it recently for something. And here's the thing. The year 2000 happened. We're all like, oh my God, the computers still work. We're all still alive. <laughs> wow. Vitamin C is great. We love her. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Exorcist colon... The version you've never seen hit theaters. And collectively, we lost our fucking minds, right? Because it's like, oh my God, there's more Exorcist to see. So we we all go to the theater. I remember going to see this, like, opening night. I did too. It was a fucking experience. Like, I don't know if it was an experience for you. It was an experience for me. Because everybody there has seen it before. And so all the new stuff, everybody's going crazy. It was a fun time at The Exorcist. Uh, It was. It was great. The spider walk happens. There's screaming and yelling in the theater, right? Like, because the spider walk is what everybody remembers from the version you've never seen. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. It makes no sense, really. But we don't care because it's so unexpected and cool and bonkers. And, like, what is this, okay? So, from that point on, the version you've never seen became the director's cut, and there's all this added stuff. CGI, Reagan face at one point, additional dialogue, the end scene between Lieutenant Kinderman and Father Dyer is added in the director's cut. All of this. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Also, some incredibly stupid shit. (laughs) Such as... Such as Chris McNeil returns home. In the original version, she returns home. There's a close-up on her face as she hears noises, like, upstairs. Like, it's so spooky. In the director's cut, William Friedkin, I don't know, he, I don't know what was going through his mind. But he said, let's superimpose a Pazuzu demon face (laughs) on the oven hood. Behind her. (laughs) He thought that was a good idea. (laughs) It's one of the worst ideas anyone has ever had. Oh, but it made a glorious still on your Insta story. Oh my god. (laughs) And so my point is, when I had to watch The Exorcist for this thing, for the thing I wrote... I thought of the spider walk and I was like, yeah, version I've never seen. And then I thought about the face in the oven hood and I said, no, I'm not going to do it. So I went back and I watched the original theatrical cut. It is such a fucking masterpiece. It is a perfect film without this. It doesn't need the fucking spider walk. It doesn't need the tale with Kinderman and Dyer. It doesn't need the additional dialogue. It doesn't need 
Father Marin, and like it doesn't need like his additional scenes. It doesn't need any of the director's cut shit. It doesn't need computer Reagan face. It is a perfect, perfect film, and I hadn't watched the original version in so long that it was totally refreshing. And so my point is, next time you go to watch The Exorcist, just fucking watch the original theatrical cut. Thank you. And it will be like seeing it again for the first time, because you've been seeing this stupid version now since 2000. There are special edition, Star Wars special edition vibes all over that, right? Yes. Like, that's what happened, is the special editions came out in, what, 96, 97? Um, or, no, 97, 98. And then, right after that, year after that, you get Exorcist, the version you've never seen, which now that title is a lie. Because that's the only version you can see. And do you want to know something disgusting, Stacey, that I know because I work in the movie house industry? <laughs> uh... If you want to screen The Exorcist, you're showing what is called the director's cut nowadays. That's the only one that um, Friedkin will allow to screen. Oh my god. So when we had Linda Blair at the Hollywood Theater and we were showing The Exorcist, oh, surprise, surprise, it's the it's the director's cut. He will not allow it to be screened on film. He only allows you to screen it oh digitally god. and to screen the director's cut, a.k.a. the version you've never seen, which is a far inferior film. Like, I was shocked at how inferior it was. Because I've just always gone for it because I love the spider walk. And so I'm like, well, I'll put up with all this other stupid shit. But no, I've reached my limit. I like, said, when, he, when he's like, I need to add a telephone ringing here so that people will jump. It's unbelievable. Like, girl, do you not realize that you have Ellen fucking bursting in your movie? We don't need a telephone to ring. <laughs> I just, it was so shocking to me to go back and watch the theatrical and just be like, to realize, because I hadn't seen the theatrical since 2000. Yeah. And so to just be like, this is so superior. It's amazing. It's an incredible film. It's, it's perfect. It's a fucking perfect movie. Like, my God, that movie is so fucking good. Lightning in a bottle. Absolutely. And so, please, people. If you have the means and you want to watch The Exorcist, just watch the theatrical version. Yeah. No spider walk is worth it. If you could, would you put, would you retain the entire Exorcist as it was originally made and condemned by Billy Graham? <laughs> and would you drop the spider walk in it? Or do you say, I don't, I don't even need the spider I don't, walk? I don't think I even need it anymore. Because it is, the reason it was cut is because it's so over the top and out of nowhere. Yeah. Well, and when you already have, like, let him fuck you, <laughs> and then, like, and yeah. me, and, st- and your cunting daughter. Like, it, the movie already navigates over the top enough. Yeah. And it's also, it's such a, it's a shock, and it's a great shock, but it's kind of like, it just stops in the middle of the shock. She's like, and she, like, comes down the stairs, and then she goes, and the blood is everywhere. And then it cuts. on her mouth. And then it cuts. And so it's kind of like, okay, what happened after she spit up that blood? Did she, like, like back up the stairs? <laughs> or did they, like, Reagan, what are you doing? And she, like, just stood up and she was like, wow, that was weird. And then, like, walked back up to her bedroom. You know what I mean? Like, you, now I'm starting to think about the immediate after Spider Walk. And so I just, I don't think it fits. I don't think, you know, like, you've got her head spinning around, which defies the law of science, but. Yes. But I allow it. Uh, no, it's a perfect fucking movie. It's so powerful still. Hell yeah. It's great. So. 
I love your recommendation to not watch a movie, but to watch <laughs> a specific movie. Yes, watch a, the specific cut because it's, yeah. you know. And man, Hollywood take the take the reins away from Friedkin. <laughs> Let me screen the original Exorcist, mm-hmm. the Academy Award nominated and winning film. Mm-hmm. Wow, Stacy, we're at the end. My my last pick is a movie that I we I have often been terrified to watch. I have been so terrified to watch this movie for years. And I have run from this movie and I said, no, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. And you said, go see it. And I did. And I loved it. Uh, Coming at you from 1980, perfect year, Maniac. Yeah! I want to do an episode on this movie. I'm just going to say that right now. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, we have to. I love Maniac. Yay! I had no idea what I was in for. Uh, because all I've known is that poster mm-hmm. of the sleazy dude with the jeans and the huge bulge and the big, like, Bowie knife, and he's holding a woman's scalp. And I knew it was a movie about a dude that that murders women and scalps them. I had seen the Elijah Wood remake, which is... Pfft. And watching, sitting down and watching this movie in a, in a screening series where, um, that's... Uh, where the audience, it attracts a lot of audience members that are men that, that laugh as women get murdered. Uh, so I was like, oh, no, thank you. And then I thought, do people even know what they're watching as I watched more and more of the film? And I was like, I walked out of the movie saying, and I think I texted you right away, and I said, is Maniac a feminist film? Mm-hmm. Because it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, this movie is brilliantly made by William Lustig, um, it, it, it absolutely, you know, 1980 New York scuzz and villainy kind of film. Um, super grindhouse. Uh, Joe Spinell plays this just disgusting, just disgusting, sleazy, sweaty guy who goes around killing women. Um, Carolyn Monroe, uh is just an angel and a queen and a goddess and a fashion fucking photographer that befriends him. And they actually, the two of them, have stunning chemistry <laughs> that is undeniable. And then your entire understanding of this movie is you're watching this guy just hunt down and kill women one by one when he meets her and you're like, I like them? I want this to work? <laughs> like, And then... Shit goes down downhill real fast, and it is so good. It's so well made. I it, it it is completely cathartic in how it ends, how it kind of mocks this man and his choices, and all of everything that he's trying to repress and and get away from in his life just comes back to torment him in a glorious ending. And I just was so blown away i did not expect this movie to take the route that it did that i i don't even think you could say that the new remake does what this movie does it has the same ending essentially but i don't think it's a feminist film like this is and i i just want to know this is i mean when we do an episode this is one where i'm just like i just want to know like what their intentions were because then there's what i saw and what i feel happens watching this as a viewer in 2022 
and I am blown away, especially with that audience that I watched it with who didn't understand what they were watching or the ramifications of it, especially with all the baggage that I've brought from my own imagination of what happens in this movie, what I've read about it, and what I've seen on that poster for so many years, a poster that I have. Uh, what? Love Maniac. Wowee! See what happens when you listen to Grandma? (laughs) You get some Werther's! Some ribbon candy. Nice movie. (laughs) Now sit down and watch Maniac. No, no. (laughs) Yeah. Wow, I love that that's on your list. Oh, how could... I loved it. I loved it. Well, we'll have to do an episode. Oh, it also must be stated. We do need to do an episode, and it also must be stated. I've been spending a lot of time recently just, like, kind of thinking about all the horror movie waitresses and nurses that I would die for. Yeah. Because they are perfect. They are angels. They hold a very sacred... Like, like unto the, the Seeker of Truth or the Detective in a Real Housewives cast, the, the nurse or the waitress in a horror film really has a sacred role. That is... It's often the role that breaks us it's the role that we remember it's the role that traumatizes us and it's the role that we want to love and protect more than anything <laughs> they're always sacrificed they're always sacrificed yeah in the standout scene generally and let me the standout scene of maniac right oh my god i was i was it, it was i was coming close to that feeling that i haven't had since i was like really a kid or then watching the, the descent as an adult for the first time where I'm like, I think I have to leave the theater. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's intense. It's such good suspense. Mm-hmm. So a, a, a great nurse as well. Woo! Wow, what a doozy. We did it. We did it, Stace. <laughs> Yay. Everybody has well, so many movies to watch, and so do we. So many movies. I have like 25 on my list here, and you only recommended 11, 10. Yeah. I, I don't know if your brain feels fried. It feels like fried jelly. Oh. Is that... Do you think that would be tasty or not? It might. If it like, caramelized somehow or something. I don't know anything about cooking. What would fried jelly be like? Is that... Would it just be a crust? Like a sugar crust? Like a crust, yeah. Oh, I bet... It's like a, it's like a jelly cheese it Yeah. Which sounds be delicious. <laughs> it might be good. <laughs> I'm into this fried jelly. Well, Stacy, let's take your fried jelly. If well, I should ask you in a question form. Are you ready to take your fried jelly and to place it on the chopping block? <laughs> <laughs> jelly, yeah, man. The chopping block it's our question and answer game here on gay lords of darkness where we uh are we are offered we are presented with three different categories in which we have to choose a, a category and then we have to answer the questions from the category there are five questions in the category and we have 10 seconds to answer each one unless one of us calls out i want the wig in which case Jamie Lee Curtis's wig from the 1981 film Halloween 2 magically descends upon your head and confuses our non-binary executioner, the heads they, which earns you an additional 10 seconds just to answer that one question. 
if you win, you win. If you don't, you don't. And you're dead, actually. And it's sad. Sure is. It's sad because death is not funny. No. Well. Sometimes it, it is. It could be. <laughs> it could be funny. Yeah. I don't remember anything. Me either. I have no sense of self or perception. Fried jelly. <laughs> <laughs> in that case well because mine mine i i'm i'm lazy stacy i didn't know i did not do the work i'm gonna be up, up front i'm gonna be okay. up front and honest uh i have three old categories for you okay well you know you came up with 10 movies though so you did some you did work you're right that's right I did, and I didn't review them like you did, but... <laughs> no. It's okay. People know what to expect from you by now. It's been like oh, 300 episodes. You. Yeah. That's the nicest thing anyone's ever said about me. <laughs> so your, your returning category... Oh, I just assumed that you're going to answer first. Is that oh, okay? sure. Okay. Okay. I didn't want to make an ass out of you or me. Um, your three returning categories are... Fake it till you full shit, in which I give you a title and you tell me whether it's a made up or a real film from the filmography of Lucio Fulci. Mm. Kind of difficult because these movies, he made a million movies yeah. and all the titles are insane. Yeah. Uh, your next ew, returning category is actually from our last episode on the initiation of Sarah. This is Wistful Glances Down Hallways. Oh. <gasps> This is where I tell you, kind of like your hotel one that we did a couple weeks ago, where I tell you the school or institution in which there are wistful glances down hallways, a.k.a. gay girls at boarding schools or similar institutions. You just tell me what movie that's, that school uh, is featured in. How can I, this again, is the duality of woman. How can I <laughs> love that subgenre so much and yet I feel I know none of the schools? I can tell you you know at least two of them. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then your returning third category. This one is one that I just enjoy these names, so I'm never going to stop suggesting this one. Sphere wasn't the only stacked cast in which I name four supporting actors from a 1998 horror film Oof. like Sphere. You tell me the movie. I don't give you the stars. I give you the supporting actors. But okay. I think they're real easy. Uh, so, your categories, once again, are fake it till you full shit. This sounds kind of gross, actually. I don't like that. that. Yes. I don't like that. Oh, it sounds like felching. It I'm sounds sorry. like felching. I'm sorry. <laughs> your or wistful glances down hallways or sphere wasn't the only stacked cast. Fear it till you smear it. Ew! That's the, <laughs> That's the one I want. All right, sweet. I'm excited for this. Yeah, I just me love, too. I just love all of these people, and I am shocked. Like, do you, do you ever think, do you ever look back and you're like, we just don't have talent anymore? <laughs> Every day. <laughs> I mean, I mean, this coming off of our off- off-air discussion about the history of divas live i mean this is right in line with that <laughs> yeah yeah that's for be on the lookout for our new uh, side show side 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 show. side 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 show divas of darkness <laughs> where we cheat. just talk about the vh1's divas live series all the different incarnations of divas live yeah 
Oh, wow. I can't wait, honestly. <laughs> uh, okay, so Sphere wasn't the only stacked cast, or uh, Spirit, so you smear it. <laughs> yeah. I name four supporting actors. These are all horror films from 1998. You tell okay. me the movie. Okay. Okay, you ready? I'm ready. Question one, number one. Oh, wait, I don't do the timer yet. <laughs> Sorry, my brain is broken. <laughs> number one. <clears throat> B.B. Newworth, Piper Laurie, Salma Hayek, Famke Jensen. What? Fucking hey, man, I want the wig. <laughs> B.B. Newworth? I don't know. Anaconda? <laughs> <laughs> Is that your fucking answer? Sure. <laughs> one there's a first time for everything <laughs> is that not right is this just because we did a super sode and you've just given up I for, like, I, <laughs> it was all that came to my little tiny mind it was anaconda <laughs> starring uh um jenny from the block yeah john voight john voight uh, ice cube and bb newworth and bb newworth it has something to do with water <laughs> Doesn't it the movie? The answer, the real answer, has something to do with the water. Yes, it does. Okay. So you don't know what the real answer is? No, but I know it has something to do with water. And I said, well, then I said Anaconda. When I should have said Lake Placid. (laughs) (laughs) Cloris Leachman. (laughs) No, Betty White. Betty White. Cloris Leachman played her in the sequel. Uh, No. This, there is water, but it's more swimming pool, like a high school swimming pool. Uh, no. It's the faculty. Oh. The faculty. This fucking student. The, the, oh, what's the word? The faculty. The faculty is the word. The faculty is portrayed by Principal B.B. Newworth. Piper Laurie, who is the depressed uh, music teacher that d- doesn't have funding to put on the musical that year. <laughs> Salma Hayek as the science teacher, and Famke Jensen, who has an octopus head. Oh, yeah. Famke Jensen. <laughs> I've never, you know what? I will not, I will not tell a lie. I've never seen the faculty. <gasps> wow! I, there are a lot of those, that era, that I've never seen. I don't know that it's good, but I like it. Yeah. It got Clea Duvall, too. Love Clea Duvall. And, yeah. um, oh, oh, Jordana Brewster. Mm. Yeah, that's, and, um, that's one where, clearly, I don't know the supporting cast, but I probably know all the heads on the poster. I failed. I failed on the first question. Oh, this is how you feel very frequently. Oh. Shut up! <laughs> <laughs> Well, well done. That was a noble effort. It was not. It was but an thank effort. Thank you. You're so supportive. And I, it gave me a good laugh. So for that, I am appreciative, and I think this goes in the chopping block hall of fame. Okay. Well, it's your turn. The chopping block is all bloody today. There's a, a wig on the ground. It fell off. This is the morning after any show, honestly. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You have 
one returning category and two new categories. Ooh. That's right. Your first new category, I thought, oh, we recommended 10 movies. I should do something with the number 10. And so this category came alive. <laughs> it's called 1010 <laughs> Wins, but I'll take five. Now, I know you don't know what 1010 Wins is. 1010 Wins is the AM news radio station out of New York City, which I love. <laughs> and I've been listening to a lot of 1010 Wins online lately. Uh-huh. This, is, this is the grandmother I am. I'm a big 1010 Wins stan. I'll admit it. I even looked. I was like, I wonder if there's a 1010 Wins t-shirt. But I couldn't find any. Well, I found one, but it was white. I don't wear white t-shirts. Oh, that can't happen. Yeah, so anyway, WINS, W-I-N-S is their call sign, and it's news 24 hours a day. Wow. Love 1010 WINS. 1010 WINS, but I'll take five. In this category, you have 50 seconds or 60, if you ask for La Wig, to... (laughs) She's she's international. (laughs) To name five movies that came out in the year 2010. Harder than you think. Trust me. Ten ten wins, but I'll take five. Category two. Oh, I get the name. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry. This is the same person that today in the shower I was like, high art. It's called high art because they do drugs. <laughs> Nothing gets by you eventually. Eventually. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. See? Mm-hmm. See everyone on the lookout. That's right. Uh, new category number two is called Pure Disappointed. In this category, I read to you from a one-star Amazon review of a very famous classic horror movie. You tell me the name of the movie. (laughs) Now, the snippets of reviews that I did will point to the movie. It's not like, oh, number one, this was bad. And that could be any fucking movie. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, you'll, so there are clues in the review. Okay. Okay. And category three is your returning category, of course, multi-choice multstravaganza. Oh. In which I give you a multiple choice question. You choose the correct choice. Okay. So, your categories are 10-10 wins, but I'll take five, pure disappointed, and multi-choice multstravaganza. Oh, God damn it. Well, thank you for these. Um, I keep saying I'm going to do multi-choice multstravaganza. Multstra- I said it the first time, but mm-hmm. now I can't repeat it because it disgusts me. I said I would choose it next time, and yet I'm so in- in- intrigued by the reviews but mm. what pure disappointment pure disappointed <laughs> pure disappointed which i pulled from one of the reviews as they said they were pure disappointed i have to hear these i have to do pure disappointed please for 500 okay pure disappointed review one star review number one and these are verbatim people okay oh well wow. <clears throat> I don't like any movie produced by satanic pedophiles. 
but it was very scary and horrific and eye-opening, especially since I chose this one to watch to get an accurate idea on modern witchcraft. Three real-life witches in a popular magazine stated this one was the most accurate. Um, I, I'm gonna guess the craft? Oh, no! <laughs> oh, no! The movie we're looking for is The Witch. Yes, they chose it to get an accurate idea on modern witchcraft. Why did I say the craft? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, what popular magazine? Like, what are you talking about, person? Well, the satanic pedophiles. And I was like, well, you know, the director of the craft is gay. So maybe this person is just a bigot. <laughs> right. God damn it. Well. Three, with they, was, did this person appreciate it? Beyond, I mean, even though it was a one-star review, they appreciated that. Well, they, it's one star because they don't like any movie produced by satanic pedophiles. It must be because, like, she, you know, went with Satan at the end, and then the kid got horny over that lady, I guess, right? Oh, yeah, and then that crow ate the boob. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm pure disappointed in both of us. <laughs> I know, we're awful. <laughs> what a couple of fucking losers, my God. <laughs> Jesus. Well, wow. a very sad showing, I have to say. Yeah. But honestly, can you blame us? Our brain, like you said, we're fried jelly. Yeah. Uh, we have listed 20 movies today for you mm -hmm. all. Yeah. For your entertainment and, and viewing whatevers. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're pathetic at the best of times on the chopping block. So, today especially, but today was a particularly poor showing. Wow. Plenty of times we both died, but never both of us on the first question. That is just... We, we should be ashamed, I think, actually. I think so. I agree with you. I think we should actually be ashamed. Yeah, I'm stunned. I'm truly stunned. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. Oh, man. Well, uh, we'll be back next week, probably to just talk about, like, one movie, maybe. Not 20. Not 20, but we'll see. You never know. We're going to keep you guessing here, right? Uh, yeah, we could be back with Divas of Darkness, for all we know. <laughs> right. Buckle up, everyone. We're talking about Cher, Mariah, Shania. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, boy. Um, okay, well, you know, gaylordsofdarkness.com has links to all of our social medias, has links to past episodes, it tells you other things. Check it out. <laughs> and, uh, goodbye. Wow, for a haunted tome made out of skin, it's so loosely structured yet informative. I know, right? Uh, is it over? It's glowing and spinning on its own, so I'm gonna guess yes. Ah, oh, oh my god! god. Oh, oh my god. god! Tune in next time for more Gaylords of Darkness! <laughs>